0: Again, haven't watched the tape, so it's hard for me. Uh, and even when you ask me on Monday, I'm not going to tell you. Uh,
1: but uh, just full disclosure, I mean, we got to coach these guys. Welcome to the Daily Northwestern Football Podcast. Northwestern topped Nebraska in overtime on Saturday to become the first team in FBS history to play in three straight overtime games, and they won all three of those games, which is crazy. And he was on a four-game winning streak, ranked 25th in the most recent college football playoff rankings, and bowl eligible. This is a big time for the Wildcats. I'm Max Schumann, your host for today, and I'm here to talk Northwestern football with my colleagues, Tim Balk, Max Gelman. How are you guys? Pretty good. Beautiful day. Sun is shining on Evanston.
0: Good to be a Wildcat. Men's basketball ranked, football ranked. What are we talking about here? I think we're talking about football, Tim. Oh, my bad. Daily yeah. Northwestern football podcast. Oh, I, thought, a, I, thought we not, I, I thought I was on the men's basketball podcast. So. That'll be
1: That's that's in another room. It's uh-huh. on another room. You've come to the wrong place. Sorry. All right. Are we going to have one? Maybe. Ooh. Keep an eye out. All right. Northwestern, again, was in Nebraska on Saturday, and they pulled out a 31-24 overtime victory over the Cornhuskers. Northwestern scored in the fourth quarter to tie the game, held Nebraska off the uh, scoreboard for the rest of the period, then scored... With their opening possession in overtime, third straight overtime game, third straight time Northwestern has had to be on offense first in the first overtime. They have scored on all of those possessions, and in fact, all of their overtime possessions over the last three weeks. Northwestern scores a touchdown. Nebraska fails to score in four plays on the next drive. Guys, takeaways from this game. Should Mick McCall get a raise?
0: That's a rhetorical question. For all the frustrations about the offense, they have been pretty pretty... Darn consistent in the overtime sessions of these games.
2: Yeah, the offense and the defense looked pretty good for most of the Nebraska game. The defense continued to impress. The offense, Justin Jackson looked really good. Jeremy Larkin had a couple big runs. He had a Justin Jackson-like cutback touchdown, which was cool to see. Nice uh, Nice
1: for Northwestern fans to know that maybe the team's in good hands after Jackson graduates.
2: Yeah, but the only guy I wasn't completely impressed with on the offense was Clayton Thorson. I know uh, Fitz made a big stink after the Nebraska game that Clayton Thorson is the winningest quarterback in program history, but for Thorson, it was probably one of his more lackluster games. And Thorson's a good quarterback, but he just, I think, had a bad day.
1: I think that's right.
0: Not a great day, but... It average, I'd say. I played a little below average for him. He, I mean, he was so good against Michigan State that, that you know, maybe it's a little instinct karma. I'm not sure.
1: <laughs> Regardless of how Thorson played, the rest of the Northwestern performance was pretty much everything that you could want from the team. The offensive line looked good. Thorson, I don't think, was sacked the entire game, which is crazy given, I given that they either. gave up, like,
2: and he only had one sack against Michigan State, right, when he tricked to roll w- out and got tripped. It's been uh, it's been a while line, since
1: the offensive line's had a bad game. Yeah. Uh, they also paved the way for 232 rushing yards on the day. I just think, for some reason, maybe it's because they finally stopped like rotating every position on the offensive line. I don't know why that might help, but apparently something's changed and the uh, offensive line's come together, which I think is a big deal for Northwestern. Not that they not that they really are, going to be playing anyone super challenging for the rest of the season, but I think it's just nice to see that development along the line. I think it's
0: possible you have the causal relationship inverted there. As much as we all love to grieve grievances about the offensive line, the offensive line is really playing well. Nebraska, well, you know, isn't Michigan State, so but they've come into their own, and that's part of why Northwestern. They're State. also not Iowa. Not I, Northwestern's team. been through a gauntlet of really tough defensive fronts. Not this week, but previously, the last couple weeks. And The the has been good here for a while.
1: They have played well for a while. And then on the other side, the defense uh, does a pretty good job against Nebraska all day. Holds them to around 300 yards on offense in total. Three interceptions, two by Kyle Cairo, a couple more that he could have intercepted that would have made this like an absurd day for him. And then one key interception by Galvin Nugubuke, who sets up Northwestern for that that touchdown that tied the game at 24 in the fourth quarter. I'm just constantly impressed by how the defense seems to make plays, well, whatever the team needs. It to.
0: helps having Kyle Cairo and Galvin Nugubuke at the back of your defense, two really good senior
1: safeties, really anchor that defense.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're both good. Both good for North It's not, Loser, it's not just them,
1: though. They found playmakers in the linebacking group where, if you were looking from the outside at the start of the season, you might have said that the linebackers would have been a weakness for this team. The uh, defensive line gets pressure when the team needs it. It's, I mean, the defense is good. This isn't not, shocking, though. No, no. no this was not. about what you would have expected out of the team, but it's just. I think it just bears repeating.
2: I think the emergence of Patty Fisher is the biggest surprise on the defense, and it's not that big of a surprise anyways. Um, coming into the year, obviously, with the loss of Anthony Walker, that's a huge hole that someone was going to have to step up,
0: and Patty Fisher was always um, one of the better recruits. I think it's a surprise how good he's been this fast. I don't think there's any way that's not a surprise, but I still don't think as good as Patty. Oh, it's still
2: a surprise. I don't think it's yeah. it's it's the biggest surprise. I don't think it's a massive surprise that he is a starter and has continued to be a starter. He
1: had 13 tackles against Nebraska, which isn't 17, and it's not 21. One of those numbers was the number of tackles that he had against Michigan State the week prior, but he's definitely been a revelation, and then I think the defensive line just has like so many different guys, who, all of whom seem to be playing well, which is kind of what you want out of that unit. Again, not super surprising that they had success against Nebraska, but Still, nice to see.
0: Nice to see them win a game that they nearly, they nearly threw away.
1: I want to take you guys to uh, to overtime now. Northwestern scored their touchdown to end up deciding the game on a fourth and one sneak at the goal line. Do you guys think that that call was the right call? Yes. Yep. Even you're like though, you're
0: like on the fence, we're not.
1: Yes, I'm, a, I'm on the fence because it's different than your usual fourth down conversion. I think Fitz is mostly right with his fourth down calls. The only kind of call that he makes frequently that I'm not a fan of is like the fourth and eight at the 25 kind of call because your odds of converting a fourth and eight, especially for a Northwestern who struggles in passing downs, that's a tough one to swallow. Everything else he's been mostly right with. This one was a little different though because if you don't get it, it's like very likely that you lose the game.
0: Too much risk. If you get it, it's likely that you, there's a good chance that you win. And it's, it's not one hundred percent that you win. No, it's not, but it's unlikely that you don't get it too. And if you kick a field goal, you know, it's your losing. Fitz, it, Fitz, it
1: Fitz is being aggressive. It's fourth. But down it Fitz. is
0: funny how he always how Fitz will always say, "I'm you know I'm going to run the clock at the end of the game to as a vote of confidence for my defense against Iowa," and then. With like like two
2: timeouts and a minute and a half left, I'm going to kneel. But, no, it was the right move by Fitz.
0: <laughs> it worked one. out. It
1: would, it have, been right it it would out. have been
0: the right move if they didn't get it, though. you got to be able to get a yard. Thorson is two yards long. He's two yards long.
1: As we have heard.
0: And he's the all-time winningest in the quarterback in Northwestern program history.
1: You've got to trust him. The ball in his hands on that one, obviously. you got to put the, the ball in the hands of your winners. All right, I have two questions for you guys before we move on here. I want tweet length responses because we're running a little long. First, Northwestern, six wins on the season. They're six and three. They went over Nebraska got them to bowl eligibility. Should people care that Northwestern is bowl eligible? Older fans and younger fans should care that Northwestern is bowl eligible.
0: IMO TBQH. Not about bowl eligibility, but about the fact that they're six and three.
1: I would say older fans should care younger fans who only know fitz should not care. The Western goes to bulls pretty frequently under Fitz.
0: I don't think
1: that We're gonna have to go back to the tape and make sure that my response was tweet length. Maybe I paid I paid for the uh the bonus. The two hundred and eighty. You were in the, in the red,
0: you know how you hit the red. You were in the red.
1: You know? That's fine.
0: The tweet never got sent I don't out.
1: believe in tweets anyways. I think it's killing <laughs> I think it's killing our society and our communication is being corrupted by our constant need to fit our thoughts into such small windows. However, I will now ask you to answer a second question in tweet length. Northwestern is 25th in this week's college football playoff rankings. Is that right? Should they be ranked 25th?
2: No, I don't think so. And I don't think Iowa should be ranked either as an addendum. Because that's clearly their second best win. Which they are being graded on. Um, 280. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's about right. The rankings are logically consistent, but still questionable. They have a lot of big ten teams ranked, including some Northwestern's beaten. I'm now speaking outside of my tweet length. As the host, I have the <laughs> I reserve the right to
2: You have the full ten thousand character. Yeah.
1: I, I have the right to continue talking. If you think that all those teams are ranked worthy, then I guess it makes sense because they beaten Michigan State and Iowa who are both ranked now. But like to me it kind of matters how you play, as well as who you've beaten. And I think the playoff committee sometimes misses that. I'm not sure that they really pay attention to how you play in games that you win. Because you can play badly and win a game. I'd say these rankings
0: are very accurate, but I also have the bias that I was saying two or three weeks ago, before Northwestern played Iowa, that I thought Iowa and Michigan State were both top 25 quality teams.
1: Tim is hopelessly biased. (laughs) I've been right, though. I'm not wrong. I mean, how would we know that you're wrong?
0: Well, me saying Michigan State and Iowa were good is somewhat valid, but the fact that Michigan State and Iowa have both played well since I said that.
1: They've validated your potentially wrong takes with good play over the last few weeks. That's uh, one way to put it,
0: yes. Well, any, any statement is potentially wrong.
1: So, welcome is welcome to Philosophical Discussions uh, with the Daily Northwest Ridge football staff. <laughs>
2: My name is about, Socrates, here are, with Plato and
1: Aristotle. We're here to talk about the nature of truth and the uh, meaning of correctness. All right, that's enough of that. I'm going to table this discussion. We can talk about it later. The Wildcats, however, are doing great. That is correct. They are 6-3, and 4-2 and two in the Big Ten now, and appear to be peaking at the right time as they head into the season's home stretch. Wrong time. Should have peaked when they played Winscoe and Penn State. They might have a chance of going to the Big Ten west title game, but proceed, sir. They peaked at the wrong time, however, they are peaking, <laughs> finally, and are finally looking like the team that we thought they would look like at the beginning of the season. So, home stretch, Northwestern starts, kicks off the stretch of three games uh, to close out the regular season, as they welcome Purdue to Ryan Field. Boilermakers aren't as hopeless as you might be used to in recent years, folks. First season under new head coach Jeff Brom. They're 4-5. and five. Their defense is definitively solid. Coming off a 29-10 to 10 victory over Illinois last week. In that win, however, they lost their starting, starting-ish quarterback, David Blau, to a pretty gnarly leg injury. Starting-ish? Starting-ish. He split time. They, they've kind of rotated in that position throughout the season. is a better runner than the, uh, the the now unquestioned quarterback for them, uh, Elijah Sindelar, who has thrown a decent amount this season but hasn't necessarily been as effective as Blau running the offense for them. Guys, what are you guys looking at in Saturday's game?
2: I think if Northwestern doesn't win by two scores, it's a disappointment.
1: A disappointment? Yes. Fire everyone.
2: Well, no, not fire everyone, but if if this game is close, then something went
0: wrong. Tim, I think that's an outrageous stance. Um, <laughs> I think Purdue is very similar to Nebraska, as evidenced by the fact that when they played each other, Nebraska won by one point. Different team, different, different similar in quality to Nebraska. Excuse me. Yes. If like just Northwestern not, should have right?
2: beat Nebraska by two scores. He's not wrong.
0: <laughs> I well was that a, a huge disappointment then? Whole, consider, I think Purdue, considering
2: they almost lost
0: to Nebraska yeah Galloway <laughs> is hard to lose, please losing in the fourth quarter I rest, is hard to I rest my case I do think Purdue probably better than Nebraska I think the fact that Purdue kind of hit a rough skid for a while lost a bunch of close games doesn't take away from the fact that this is much improved Purdue team a win in any form would be pretty good especially because after that Northwestern plays Minnesota and Illinois both teams at Northwestern really should beat. What will I be looking at in answer to your question? I'll be looking at offensive play calling, see if they try to get the ball more to Justin Jackson now, especially now that he's looking healthier. They they didn't. They had
1: 30 carries last week.
0: Yeah, it didn't seem like he could have gotten the ball more, didn't it? I
1: mean, he literally could have gotten it every, on every play, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm interested to see how Northwestern approaches a good Purdue defense. I think defensively they'll be fine. I don't expect Purdue to score a ton.
1: Yeah, I think I'm looking at to see on offense. I think the defense also will be fine. I think we have a large enough sample size now where we kind of know what to expect from the defense. They've been remarkably consistent, I'd say, in terms of their play. On offense, I want to see if they can get some, some big plays downfield in some way. I think that that's the last piece I don't know if that's a play-calling thing. I don't
2: know if that's... We yes. did see some deep passes to making Wilson against Nebraska. It would, be, it would be, I guess, kind of cool if Thorson hears it out a little bit more.
1: Yeah. I, I'll be interested to see if that's something... That's that a play-calling
0: thing, though, not a Thorson thing. Yes. This is a huge game, by the way, for Purdue, because if they lose then they go to Iowa, they'll need to win against Iowa to make a bowl. So
1: there's a, and no one wins in Iowa. Nobody's ever... Ex- yes, won. You can no go back one has ever like, won in Iowa.
0: There's never been a college football team to win.
1: Against Iowa. In in Iowa City. In the last week. In no road team has won in Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City.
2: Can we talk about how, how outrageous it is that this Northwestern Purdue game is at 6 o'clock? Ooh, Why is that outrageous? Not that outrageous? It's kind of outrageous. Why?
0: Because Purdue and Northwestern. Someone and has how, is it that, how is
2: that a primetime matchup?
0: It's a good game. Top 25 team versus a team trying to get
1: Northwestern a- is now a top 25 team.
0: It's exactly. not on ABC, all
1: right? Chillax over there. Yeah, it's not like it's, just- the, it's not the game day game. i ruining
0: my parents' weekend plans. Gallman's parent Ru- weekend plans are sunk by ESPN's scheduling decisions.
1: You know, ESPN really doesn't care. The worldwide leader in sports is much too big to fail to care about trotting all over your parents' weekend plans. Max, all right, Northwestern as of a couple hours ago when I checked the line is a four and a half point favorite at home against the Boilermakers. Guys, what are your final predictions relative to the line?
2: Northwestern is gonna cover. They're gonna win by two scores.
1: Um,
0: at least. Northwestern will cover maybe, but they won't win by more than they won't win by double digits.
1: I would say Northwestern by a touchdown Potential for another overtime game.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm guaranteeing. Overtime.
1: Honestly, we should just guarantee I, overtime. I, I'll, I'll at go this on point. the record and
0: say that this game everyone gonna, needs to get ready. At least one overtime. bring your
1: bring your warmest clothes because you might be there a little extra at night. <laughs> Northwestern <When mustard laughs> only plays in overtime games. Is it supposed to? Isn't it supposed to rain on Saturday night? I honestly don't even check the uh, weather at these games anymore because I just sit in the press box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think it's going to be, cold. be honest.
1: Might be cold. Everyone stay warm. High (laughs) of
0: 39 Northwestern doesn't like the cold. Remember Minnesota last year? That
1: was very cold. It was too cold for the Cats. Northwestern did not play well in that game. All right. I think that's it. We should stop now before uh, we spend the next 15 minutes talking about the weather forecast for Saturday's game. What's Uh, the barometric pressure, though? The dew point. (laughs) I need the dew point. I need a good prediction of the dew point. All right. Tim, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Max, thank you for being here. No problem. And I'm Max Schumann, your host for today. Northwestern, as we said earlier, gets a 6 p.m. kickoff against Purdue. It's a night game. Uh, get, woo! get excited. I'm excited. Big, mm. big day. Be sure to check out dailynorthwestern.com for all our coverage of Northwestern football before that game, during that game, and after that game. Follow us at daily and you underscore sports on Twitter for live updates from games and press conferences. If you like this podcast, subscribe to The Daily on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud so you can get every episode directly to your phone without any effort. We will be back next week to discuss the week's happenings. As always, see you then. Gentlemen, you can go
0: to the clubs with your parents after the game. <laughs>
2: Get home safe.